When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lafondra looking to get close side of Fon. Lafondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. When Reading win on a Saturday, it is delightful. And when Reading win two in a week, it's double delightful. I've been joined today on the Elm Park Rules podcast by Paul Mann to discuss the first win at home on a Saturday since February. Paul, isn't it nice to win on a Saturday? Glorious. Absolutely sumptuous Saturday. Just a win and relatively comfortable. The second half, it was very easy, but first half, not so much. And it feels like the, uh, the curse is over, Matt, because it's been a long while. Yes, yeah, curses over, habit out the system, you could say. Um, yeah, you know, it's different players, right? They're, they've come in with a fresh attitude, a fresh outlook. And, um, you know, as, as Seller said, they know their jobs and they're executing it very well at the moment. Of course, yesterday we hosted Stevenage at home and came out to 2-0 winners against a team who have won three in a row so far. Before the game, Seller's put out a team lineup which was very reminiscent of what we saw on Tuesday night, with the only exception being Lewis Wing being dropped out of the squad due to an injury he picked up during the game against Cheltenham. Sam Hutchinson coming in. Matt, it appears that the choices that Sellers made earlier in the week in terms of team selection are probably not rotation based now. I think he, we can we can establish that this is what he wants and this is this is the team that he wants to play. I think so. Yeah, I think there was a lot of kind of anticipation. I think on this, on this, um, uh, on the on the lineup and what Sellers Sellers was going to do, because you know it was it was very, or in the week it was very well. You know, it, again, you can see why why he went back to to the young team that played Millwall. Um, but again, you get a clean sheet, you get a win. Do you change a winning team? So many managers in the past. Um, have done that and get criticised for it. And it's it's refreshing to see these players really being given a chance. Um, we'll talk in it later, but, you know, the, I think the academy players, um, they, 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 they've wanted this all, all their life. You know, it's what every kid, when they come through an academy, dreams of. And they are really taking their chance. Um, and it, it, it was deserved. I think it was deserved they kept their place. Um, and, you know, so we can really see what they're about and what they can do. But um, but yeah, I think by by way of kind of, you know, rotational, I don't think it's rotational anymore. This is this is our first team, I think, which is um it's exciting to think. And Paul talking of these Academy players, the first 20, 25 minutes really all came through 
those academy players, especially Caelan Vickers, who I think it was about 25 minutes in had uh, had already produced two or three moments of, of real quality. And his one-touch pass through to Harvey Nibs ended up with Stevenage getting a man sent off. There was a lot of Stevenage fans yesterday online afterwards who were a little upset that this was a second yellow card, but I don't really see the argument. I think it's a pretty fair yellow card when you consider that Nibs is going to be Maybe not for on goal, but he's definitely going to be in a very attacking position at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I just watched it back, and if I was, if that was a red and player got sent off for a second yellow, I think I'd be a little bit upset. But don't put yourself in that position. I think he does have a little nibble at him, and Nibs makes the most of it. There's, there's no doubt on that. But that's football, isn't it? Um, he wouldn't have been through on goal, but it would have been a good situation for us. And obviously the red card was pivotal in us winning the game. So let's not pretend that because even after that, Stevenage had chances, didn't they? Yeah, certainly Stevenage. I mean, I had the real kind of opening opportunity. And I think Matt, David Button yesterday was, uh, it's the first time we've really had to see David Button making any good number of saves. And I think he made two or three saves at nil mil, which really kind of kept us in it. Um, there was one from a, a cross from the right-hand side, which Stevenage had an almost free header. Um, and he's managed to kind of get down low to, to keep that one out. Yes. Yeah, there was that one. He he had one down to his right as well that he palmed away very, very nicely. Um, you know, I think I, I, I wasn't overly confident with 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 Button obviously coming in, um, you know, and kind of the, the, the history um, that, that he's had and, you know, right rightly or wrongly on that side you know it's but y- y- yesterday he was fantastic I think you know he did everything that he was asked of um yes like m- most of the saves you'd probably look at and you, you you'd kind of expect him to make but he's made the saves you can't complain at that you know we, we've seen so many times over over the history at Reading you know where those saves haven't been made you know long shots have been let in simple saves have been have got through somehow um so it it breeds more confidence you know like i I'm I'm glad I can come away from yesterday and have more confidence in Button because um, I, I I feel like it's going to be a confidence building process with him. But he's he's done well. I think one of the things with David Button is yesterday was the first reason you could see why we've signed him as well because of the fact that you've got this. I mean, Sellers clearly has wanted to play a very kind of like quick style out from the backs, like passing football, etc. And if you're going to be playing the defenders who are what got an 18, 19, 18 year old, 19 year old, and then a 20 and a 21 year old in the defense, having David Button behind you as a, as a, you know, a teenage center back, it must provide you with a lot of confidence that, you know what, even if you do make a mistake ball, well, we've got someone behind us who's got years more experience than us and is going to try and at least be able to dig us out of the hole rather than playing. Let's like, look at our other options, Andreas and all boys, Clark, who are, Again, similar kind of ages to the defenders and less experienced. Yeah, I think he's a very calming influence so far. Um, who knows how the rest of the season's going to go. But whenever everything's getting a little bit hectic, it just slows it down slightly. Not in a like in a shithouse way, you know, waiting for like Joe Lumley last season when he'd like, you know, throw the ball around in the stand in Club 1871 or something. But also just... He's got the ball at his feet. He doesn't need to play a really long ball and then get it headed back. Just pass it around in the back. And now we have players who can do that. I will say one save he made from Presley, I thought was a really good one. The one that he tips onto the post. Then 
it showed what you said, Alex, a little bit of, I think there's a little bit of inexperience with crossing because he gets in between, the player gets right in between Bindon and Abby. It gets in a really good header. Um, that's the one moment when Steve Inchel probably had actual quality in the final third. But yeah, I, I think Button's been fine. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But at the moment, there's no reason to believe that he's going to suddenly massively drop off because there's been no indication of that, I'd say. I think one player who did have a very good first half, though, Paul, was, uh, was Kelvin A. Bishman. His first half yesterday was the first half of a senior, not senior striker, but a striker who you think, oh, this player can, can lead the line. I think he had a decent header in the box. He had a shot from just outside the box quite early on. He obviously scored the, from the corner. And I think he led the line really well yesterday. It, it looked like a player who led the line with a lot of confidence and somebody who you you could rely on or you feel like you could rely on going forward. It wasn't a, it didn't feel like a, a, you know, a youth player making their fifth or sixth appearance. It felt like someone who, who thought that, that, that this was their level and they would, they, they can do it. Yeah. I think he's gradually improving. His hold up plays definitely improved since even the start of the season. His link up play is fine. Apart from maybe sometimes when he needs to play that pass at the right moment in the final third, to the right player. Sometimes he hesitates, but he's still really young. So there's, there's big possibilities for him. Um, if you just look at the press, he's good at that. He sets up the tempo for the team there. So I, I think people will talk about Andy Carroll and all that, but with Andy Carroll, you, you're not going to get, A, that second goal because he'd still be about 20 metres behind it. And his hold-up plays a lot better. His energy is a lot better with the press. There's no reason to not have him in the team. I just, yeah, I think he's been good. And the the way he took the goal, we were saying during the week about his heading, that's a good header for the first goal. And he also had a really good shot in the first half as well, which was just wide of the post. So I, I think there's a lot of potential there. And if you got him and Smith at some point, that would be pretty exciting. I mean, I think... The interesting thing with Ia Bishman, I mean, it was noted on the um, uh, on the Twitter space that we did did yesterday. He's he he has got a little bit of the got a bit of the touch of Zhao around him. I feel with with kind of his ball control, he's actually really really good with the ball at his feet, um, or it's getting better and better seemingly um, at the moment. And he, like you say, his hold up play um, is getting better as well. But kind of the 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 poaching ability, if he can keep getting in those places where he can just get those simple tap ins. Um, you know, and and add some of the, some of the some of the goals, like the one that he got, or the chance that he had in the first half, which he put narrowly narrowly wide from the edge of the box. You're going to start to see a really really good striker coming through. Um, and again, we discussed on the space about kind of how many goals we think you know he can he can potentially get get um, you know in this uh, uh, in this season. Can he get towards the 20 goals? That's obviously always always the aim for a striker. But you know, I think he's Maybe he can get that. Um, I, I think he, he certainly, I think on for, I'd say, I'd, I'd say 12 to 14 would be a very good season for him. And I think that's achievable. I really do think that's achievable for him this season. I mean, Paul, I don't know what, what, what you think on that. I think if he gets that many goals, 12, 14, I think it'd be a really good season. Anything above that. Yeah. I think it'd be considering the youth of the team that will probably be around him for a lot of this campaign. I, I think they'd be happy with that. And, but not only that, it's not just that with him. It's the way he gives us energy and links it and the press. Those three things are key. That's everything 
that someone who I mentioned a couple of minutes ago doesn't give us. So I think that is a big factor for how long have we been saying that we need to see him replaced and bring in a younger player. And now we've got it. All of a sudden, the team looks a bit better. It's not perfect, but that's for certain. We all know that. None of us are sat here saying we're going to be champions or anything. But there's a little bit of potential there. And as a Reading fan after the last few years, that's a bit exciting, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, that was the main thing that I took away from kind of like these both of these last two games is that it's actually exciting to be there. It's enjoyable to go and watch it. I don't, I like, I've, I've, got, I've come away from the game this. Yeah, we can't hear you, Alex. I'm not quite sure what's happened to you there. All of a sudden you've lost sound. But what do you think, Matt, on the rest of that first half and kind of, I think it showed a little bit, Stephen, is the experience that they had going into that game of being in League One for a few years. But we rode through it, didn't we? Well, the the the, the weird thing I thought from from a Stevenage standpoint on on the first half was the um, kind of and we touched on it in the podcast was actually uh, the um, the preview podcast. Sorry, was kind of Stevenage so far. They're a they're a team. They're at you. They're in your face. Um, they they come out. They press very similar to Reading. But you only really saw one team actually doing that in the first half, and that was Reading. You know, Stevenage were sitting off. Um, you can understand that, obviously, once they got the red card, because you you don't really want to be playing the same pressing football um, with 10 men. But I thought it was it was a bit interesting to kind of see um, uh, on that on that side. It was, um, yeah, uh, but they just never got going. Stevenage really in that first half so um so yeah but I mean one player I think we should flag out quick was Sam Hutchinson we're going to be talking a lot about the youth players and how well they did very rightly so but kind of just just like with Button and the experience that Button brought to the back line and kind of calming influence he brought Sam Hutchinson yesterday was probably very close to man of the match I think for me because he just did everything in that midfield he cleaned up everything the tackles he put in were i mean perfect i mean alex i mean your thoughts on hutchinson he it comes across that he was wasted at center back last year when you see performances like that i think paul he he looks almost dominant in in defensive midfield you can see why sheffield wednesday played in there for so long in league one yeah, no, he looked good. He looked that's probably one of the best games he's had for us, to be honest, in a while, because obviously he's been out injured for so long. Yeah, he was very rich, and I think we desperately need that kind of player in there with such a young team. And he doesn't do anything fancy. He doesn't do anything, you know, he's not gonna like suddenly start playing Rabonas or anything. He's just not gonna do that. I will <laughs> say I don't want to I don't want to see him take any more corners though, because that first no. half corner there, he just hit it. That was man, so weird. Was not good. I, like I, I, I've, I've, I've never actually. I think the last time I was talking to um, my mate who I was with there, like, um, uh, the game. It was, it, it was almost like when flashbacks of England and seeing Harry Kane on a corner. It was that kind of bonkers. It was like you kind of you want him in the middle to to, to take a corner. Hang on, have you just compared Harry Kane? <laughs> not ability that? wise, not ability wise. The circumstance, the circumstance. I'm not saying that he's going to uh. score thirty goals and get a move to Bayern Munich. No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just always ready for a Lansley hot take, and that would have been one of the hottest ever. But um... it would have it would have been quite spectacular. But 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 no, it's like my mate um, who I was with Geordie, Um, he's 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 not a Reading fan. He was a neutral there, kind of there yesterday, and, and he he said his man of the match yesterday would probably either have been 
Button or Hutchinson just because of the the, the calming influence that both of them um, brought. And one thing that was interesting again with, with Hutchinson was that whenever a bad thing happened or kind of like the, um, what, what one of the young players misplaced a pass, he always went over and kind of calmed him down a bit and almost had his hand on the shoulder, which it like like you say, I think is so important in a team that's so young and he could almost become, you know, a really good leader within this team kind of persons have. Um, but yeah, I thought his performance will go under the radar yesterday, but it really shouldn't. Let's just hope he stays fit, Alex, because we know what happens with Sam Hutchinson and that's hope that isn't the case. Yeah, one of the issues, of course, is that you'll get three games out of him which look really good and then we won't see him again for three months, so... Um, I'll just wait wait a couple of weeks to you know to kind of crown in player of the season before getting too excited. But um, yeah, he definitely had a good game yesterday. It'll be interesting to see what happens really going forwards with the midfield now that Ben Elliott has joined as well because he came on in the second half and looked really good. We'll come on to him in a, in a, in a little bit. But um, I think the only negative really of that first half ball was the fact that Harvey Nibs had to come off. Um, it looked like he had concussion. I don't know why he didn't come off when he like went down and, and came off the field in the first place. It, it seems really it, it's one of these things this season where players are coming off with a with a concussion which is obviously good i don't know why he didn't just come off in the first place um he, he seemed to come back on for another three or four minutes and then went off and, and disease came on and yeah, he said that, afterwards he said that it was an eye injury so oh, was it an eye injury i thought it was a concussion. yeah so maybe i think it was a clash of heads though and it knocked his eye um yeah I yeah i'm not sure yeah, yeah I, I assumed it was concussion as well but maybe he's still concussed whilst he's writing that tweet let's hope not because that'd be bad actually but um i mean it i mean aziz came on for him yesterday and i i, I mean we can discuss aziz for a couple of minutes because i think he's one of the most frustrating players to watch let's be honest because he's got uh, we discussed him on Tuesday, right? I forget, was it Tuesday or last weekend around, and me and Matt were discussing around the fact that he has technical, or I think he has technical ability. And yesterday, the amount of times, especially in the second half, that you found him in the right position, he made the correct run to begin with, he got into where he needed to be, he had the ball at his feet, and then the wrong thing happened was <clears throat> just incredible. Like, it you could have given if it was a coin flip he would have lost 10 in a row yesterday i just i don't know how he's managed to have a game with uh positional awareness and positional sense of being there every single time but not manage to actually finish anything off or make the right action that yeah it's it's well i actually it might be you that tweeted i was going to mention a tweet that i saw yesterday that, that, that it's amazing having a player that, like you say, gets in the right position so many times and has such little end product. Um, it's 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 frustrating. Um, I I kind of feel like he needs a bit of kind of an arm around him and just a bit of calming down because he always seems a bit panicky when he's on the ball. Um, it, 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 even if it's a simple pass, I mean, if you watch his passing, he never just almost like caresses a pass to somebody. It's always slightly over hit and so it's gonna it's gonna have to take a heavy touch or a good touch to get it under control and you just think just, just calm down a bit like 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 just take take a minute stop trying to do things at a hundred mile an hour and you often see that again when he's on the ball with, with his ball touches when he tries to do a bit of skill he tries to overcomplicate it just do the do the simple things and just take a minute and just slow down i hope it can be coached like i don't think he's a complete lost cause yet 
you know i think that 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 would be harsh i think i think some people are you know saying add him to the list of players to get rid of i don't think he's quite at that level yet i mean let's be fair to him he's still only 22 23 or um, whatever he is he's also he's also clearly trying right he's clearly trying and he's actually like i i don't i hesitate to say it's bad luck but it's like he's in the right position so he must be doing something correct yeah to write him off paul i think it's just a bit like it, it's not that it's you know it's not that he's a bad player but he clearly just needs some work and uh, you can see why he's in the squad and uh, but you can also see why he's not going to get selected for the first team i think he's a real combination of when he comes on he always wants to impress and i don't know whether that's him in himself internally or the crowd he'd try skills straight away and you know quite a few times he pull it off when he's doing a duel and he's trying to go past the player he'd do that quite comfortably but when he gets past that player, it is it's really baffling how he's so poor in that area because he does have a lot of ability. I do feel that we do need a midfielder that runs into that box. Take away the Aziz. I, I know he's frustrating. But if quite a lot of his crosses into the box are pullbacks into that penalty spot area, and we never seem to have a player there or anywhere near it, so if we did have a Charlie Savage running on there, not every single time, but sometimes during the match or when we're winning 2-0 already, you think, OK, he might not score, but then it looks like a better cross, doesn't it? A lot of the times yesterday, players are all going you know, to the near post or the back post. There was no one in that little kind of like area. There's nobody standing around the penalty area. Yeah, and that's what yeah. you want. And this is where he was putting the ball and Yidim did the same as well. And we didn't have anyone there. And you think yesterday was an opportunity for that. But I do get the Femi Aziz frustration. He frustrates me as well because I do think he has ability to go past that. The, chance, I mean, the, chance, the chance he had in the second half was four yards out. And it was, it was people comes on him really quickly there. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's just. There. If you think, oh, if you're not going to score from here, where are you going to score from? Because it's that close. That's clear. Like, yeah. He really needs one to just like bounce off him and go in. Just, just give him some kind of a, a build up. Um, I mean, that second half, the Stevens came out. I think it was we said it at half time where we was where we were sitting about the fact that Reading are going to come out here, and if they can get a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes, this game is pretty much going to be dead because I don't see Steve Nage being able to build from 2-0 down. And it only took 11 minutes, Matt, for, for Tyler Binden to produce a fantastic pass, and we can touch on Binden afterwards. But he produced a great pass um, over the top for Mbengue, who produced a, it's a great run for, for a right-back, I think, this, and he's almost unfortunate not to score himself. Um, before Kelvin taps in from, you know, two yards out or one yard out after the, the keeper parries across the goal. And I think all, all three of them deserve credit for this goal because all of them have produced a really kind of like good piece of play for it. I completely agree. Um, I mean, for for a, for a rebound three-yard tap-in goal or six-yard, whatever it was, it's, it's a really, really satisfying goal to watch. It really is. Um, like you say, it starts off with Binden, um, again, who we've not touched on today, but again, yesterday, I, I can't get over the fact that he's 18. It, like, he looks like he's got the head of somebody who's played 100 games so far, um, you know, may, maybe even more. And to come up with that pass over the top to Mbengue, the touch from from Mbengue, the chest on again, 
for for someone who's 21 and again he was on the fringe last year we always wanted to see more of Mbenge last year I really think we're going to see it this year but the touch from Mbenge to, to to knock it on he's got a defender on his shoulder he's having to use his strength to kind of you know keep him at bay and he's being harried being harried to get that shot off and it was it, it was a half decent shot from 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 the angle and having a player on on his side it's a good shot you know, it's not too bad. And then you could say that, you know, if you're a Stevenish fan, you're probably going to say the keeper's got to do better. He can't put it into that area where Ia Bishman is. But you're in that position for, for Ia Bishman. That's where he's going to pick up goals because keepers are going to, you know, pop the ball into that area every now and again. And he's there to clean it up. And like you say, it just kills the game because Stevenage, a man down, you're you're not coming back from, from 2-0. Um, and to get that, you know... It was just for 60 minutes, wasn't it? I think we got that. Yeah, 57 minutes. Um, we got that. It's It was really satisfying to see because you, you could feel there was more goals. And, and it was just the first half was probably a little bit frustrating because there was chances that there was half chances. And you thought, just come on, let's get the goal. Let's just put this game to bed. This from here should be a game that we're winning, you know, um, uh, with Stevenage at 10 men to get it. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, the goal just so satisfying. Paul, Tyler Binden. Which Reading defender does he most remind you of from the last 20 years? Oh, somebody sent this into EPR, so it, um, you know, I'll say it anyway. Um, Ivor Ingham Larson. It just physically, he looks like him. And is, he's better on the ball, but he's clearly not a better defender because Ivor was one of our greatest ever defenders and in the Premier League. So I no way am I going to say he's at that level yet. But it does give that kind of feeling to me. And I think he's got... I don't want this to come across uh, wrong in a wrong fashion, but I think he's got a little bit of arrogance and swagger about him at the moment, which is absolutely fine because he manages it. It's not over arrogant. He just believes in himself, which I, I think is really great to see. And he's so comfortable on the ball. I don't think I've seen him give the ball away yet in the defensive there at all, or even come close to it. And we all know after watching Redden for years, we've had so many players who just look like they're going to do that at any moment. Admittedly, that was in the championship, which is a higher standard. But I think he's got a lot of potential. And it is ridiculous to think he is only 18, Matt, isn't it? I mean, it's just nuts. I cannot, it makes no sense to me how we can have such a young pairing at the back. But they do look so experienced and they look the most convincing. They're probably so, and again, it's early days, but they're probably the, the the most calming back back two centre back pairing we've had in some time. Um, again, we, we we discussed it yesterday on the on the um, on the space. What when the last time? When was the last time we had a back um, or a centre back pairing that got three clean sheets in a row? Um, and they've really looked good good money for it. But kind of on 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 the age, obviously, he signed eighteen. Um, I remember Alex when he signed. You were wondering. Why are we giving so much coverage and kind of interviewing this guy who's going to be in the under 23s? Think he's going to be in the under 23s? No, he's clearly not, is he? I can't have been the only person who thought there's a lot of coverage for a random 18 year old signing from an American academy when they signed. But um, yeah, the I thought he was going to be in the under 23s as well. So we all did. <laughs> we all did. Come on. <laughs> the performances for him, though, have just been ridiculous so far. I think you're right, by the way, Paul. Like, he gives me over Ingram Martin vibes all over. Like, he just. He's, he's such a calming presence. But the thing is, you also barely notice he's there because he doesn't really do anything wrong. Um, yeah, he doesn't ever have to put in like a big challenge. He never, you never really see him. You almost never see him defend, if that makes sense. Yet he is defending all the time. 
um, which I feel like is a, something that you saw from Ingham Arsene, especially that year we won the league. He never really kind of had to do much, but he was always doing a lot at the same time. And it, it was kind of a very consistent 7 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 7 out of 10 every week. Um, yeah, I, I get the kind of similar kind of vibes off of uh, Tyler Binden, certainly. And yeah, the level of confidence which must be running through him at the minute, having, you know, never played a, a senior game of football before, you know, two weeks ago. And now he's played three games of senior football and kept three clean sheets. It, like, he must be on cloud nine at the minute. Yeah, he must be. I mean, one player I thought who found it a little bit tougher yesterday, it's only one game, was Carson. He completely misjudged a cross in the first half and Stephen just did have a big opportunity from that. I'm not going to like say, you know, anything um, negative about him because this happens. He's very young. But this shows what will happen with these players. They're not always going to continuously have really, really good games. It's just not going to happen. So they will have a dip at some point. But we just have to accept that and go with it. I think Carson is probably the uh, player who would be most likely to, to lose his spot if we were going out and trying to sign someone at the minute in terms of the young players at least um and it's not like a you know negative on him because i think he's played okay for the most part actually um tuesday obviously he was very good and then yesterday he was he was fine for the most part but as you say there was a couple of moments which were just a little bit kind of hairy um but i i think yeah he's probably one who's gonna have to work maybe a little bit harder to keep his place in the team because sellers clearly has this um like idea or tactic that the wing backs are going to get an hour most weeks obviously and Benway and Carson both came up on Tuesday after an hour and they, he did exactly the same yesterday with, with McIntyre and, and Yeardon coming on as well so there must be some kind of a, a tactic there to make sure that we're not going to wear the wing backs down to you know literal sand after after a 90 minute performance by just making them run up and down the, um, up and down the line the entire match Carson might have as well, so so who knows? But yeah, go on, Matt. Sorry, no, yeah, no. I was I was I was, I was going to say the fullbacks play so high; it's almost you can't get a full ninety minutes out of them because they're up, down, up, down, up, down. They're they're they're, they're non-stopping. It's, it's it's a really really intense kind of style of football. I mean, Carson mentioned it in his um, interview, you know, after um, Cheltenham. It, 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 it like set, set like the demands of sellers. He said he's a bit crazy at times, you know, with with how much running he, he he demands. I don't think you you'd find a player maybe out there that could do ninety minutes um, as a fullback in sellers ball style. You know, it, it's 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 a really big demand. But I mean, a couple of I think a couple of players we've not really talked about, which I think is interesting, is the two new signings that we got. And obviously, I'm like Macar Macario and Elliot they do look like two really, really exciting players going forward, Macario on the wing, but also Elliot. I mean, I was really impressed by Elliot. Um, the one the, the one thing that stands out with me for Elliot yesterday is that he got the ball, I think it was probably 20, 25 yards-ish out, and he beat two players by like rolling the ball over his foot. Um, and you think, oh, you've got a great opportunity to shoot here. And then he wanted to take one more player on. And he thought, ah, if he just had a shot there, that was a that was a great opportunity. But he looks like a complete baller. Ben Elliott, I, like, I think he's going to be brilliant. I really do. I can't see, I, I can't see him being on the bench for very long um, at all, to be honest. And 
Makaru, Makaru, Makaru. I think it's Makaru, but I'm not entirely sure. I think with him, it's. I think he was okay yesterday. That he also, what was he being asked to do? We were two 0 up in a game when he's come on onto the wing, and like you're, you're not really asking him to go out and score or go out and like win the game for us because we're already winning. He's he's kind of coming on as a as an option and more as a like a fatigue saving substitute than anything to get that last half an hour and get get minutes into him. I don't think he's necessarily been brought on to, to change the game necessarily. So it's not like a I thought he was just going to on to control it, control the pain. Yeah, it's not yeah, a lock on him. Do. I don't think he did much, yeah. but it's yeah. just I just don't think he did as much. Maybe he'll maybe he'll come out and be a, a fantastic signing, but like, No he didn't, but he I, I think his real thing is you can see he's got pace and I think in different games he's gonna burst, isn't he? He's gonna be keep on doing those runs. I think yesterday his job wasn't to do that. It was just to eradicate absolutely any risk from Stevenage, which there really wasn't in the second half. It, the only chances Stevenage had, which they created nothing from, was set pieces that we gave away, which wasn't that many. So I, I thought Ben Elliott was really good, but we have to put it in the context of playing against a really tiring team. They're against 10 men. I hope it he's really good. Technically, he looked very good straight away and he could travel with the ball, which is something that we need. But if you had him in Savage in midfield, Alex, I think that would be quite nice. I think that's going to be our style in midfield. Like giving, um, you know, giving... Uh, given how much that we're going to control the ball against some teams, uh, especially the teams in the bottom of the table, I think that's got to be your starting two for me. What about you, Matt? It's going to be a big battle, I think. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure it's as easy as that. Um, I'll be interested to actually see if it stays four two two two, and only having two midfielders in there because I kind of think of the the strength and depth that we almost have now actually in midfield. I mean, Hutchinson's performance yesterday, I, I don't think you can drop him off the back of that. And if he keeps those levels of performance, yes, there's the question about if he gets injured and and kind of almost when, you know, everyone's joking about that. But I'm not sure you can drop him and kind of having a player that can do that dirty work can put in those hard tackles like he did yesterday. I think it's really almost important kind of in this team. Can Elliot or Savage do that? Probably not to the same same effect. They're much more kind of, you know, uh, on on the ball and kind of um, composure, good carrying it forwards. But you almost need that kind of in, enforcer type, you know, I think I, I, I think in there. Um, so will we stay with the two? Will we maybe go to a 4-3-3 potentially and play two wingers? Getting more opportunity to do that with the players that are now coming in. Um, I think Vickers could be... It's, it's almost as if we've got a squad which is able to be adaptable and we don't we're not going to yeah. force playing one style of play right which is quite it's weird isn't it it's a weird concept it's almost like we've got a team like it's baffling i know um but 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 yeah like i think wh whatever way it kind of goes i think players are going to be kind of a bit disappointed they're not starting i mean wings injuries probably come at a really bad time for him as well because one thing we were talking about yesterday when we were leaving the game was kind of He's in a bit of an awkward position, I think, now, because he came in. I was really excited with the signing of Wing. Really excited. Um, and But was he going to get into the team now? You, you, you're struggling to see a way for him, for him in. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's just really nice to see a, a strong, competitive team that, you know, we can adapt to a, to a position. Yeah, the competitiveness definitely is still there because you can see at the end of the game, right? We almost get that third goal, Paul, 
And uh, Kelvin <laughs> afterwards said that the hand trick is still coming, and he was going to go back and check how well the lineman did on that goal um, because he said it, he said it was quite close for the disallowed goal. Um, unfortunately, he you know got that disallowed because hat trick really would have been a, a great way to kind of like announce yourself onto the League One scene. But I, I mean, you really can't tell if he's offside or not from where I was, so it's it's difficult to say. But it's unfortunate for him that he's not managed to to get that one through. Yeah, it would have topped off today nicely and it would have been deserved. But like you say, it's absolutely impossible to tell from the TV coverage if he was offside. I mean, he knows. He says it was tight. He might actually be a yard offside. I mean, he's a striker, isn't he? He's always going to believe that. But I like the enthusiasm. The hat trick's coming. That's good to hear, isn't it? Can you make that next week? And maybe not do one, just do multiple. I'd, I'd quite enjoy that as well. Yeah, I wouldn't complain if it was to get multiple hat tricks. Yeah, it's difficult on the TV coverage. I think he's onside, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll have to we'll get we'll get. I'm sure the Reading analysts will get their you know get the VAR lines out and just <laughs> tell him it was onside or something on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll get the ruler and the crayon out and, and put it on the screen. Um, we had a few questions from from people, Matt um, Bruce on on Facebook yesterday asked us around well. His comment was around the scouting over summer, and whoever's been doing the scouting has obviously done, you know, a really good job because the majority of the signings were brought in are of a really quality so far. Um, Elliot looking good, which you can kind of expect coming from a Chelsea academy, um, you know, and kind of respect to, to Bowen for for doing a good job. And, and one person who might go a little bit, I think, maybe forgotten in this is is probably um, the American Jared. Dublin, who left earlier in the summer, who probably had something to do with some of these names who are signing in the sense of coming up with the list. Yeah. Um, and, I th- you know, I think it's still a bit big miss that kind of, you know, we lost him when we did. But, you know, I think Kerry and Bowen, I think, deserve so much, so much credit. I mean, the some of the deals that Bowen have done, I mean, the, the Charlie Savage deal we, we've talked about, you know, getting him essentially on a free, yes, heavy sell-on fees, etc. on it. Elliot will, I presume, be very similar because obviously he was still in contract at Chelsea um, when when we got him. But with the ability to kind of bring these players in, the nicest thing is that there's a clear plan. There is a real clear plan with these that, that these players that are coming in. And kind of the last time we saw this really was um, Tevreden's one season as sporting director um, under Yap Stam. Um, you know that we, we'll bring in the young players, bring in the likes of Liam Moore, John Swift. You know, you're seeing that with with the likes of Ben Elliott and Charlie Savage, um, and then and then the others. You know, it, it'll be interesting how we kind of, I guess, dip into the loan market from here because I'm not sure we'll be able to do many more transfers with who's left. It but feels it like we're going to have to do that, that right? We're going to have to dip into the loan market at some point. Um, even one of Ethan, Ethan's question on Facebook, Paul, was around Carol Guinness Walker Holmes and kind of the clear dispute between them and the coaching staff um and the fact that they're not going to be around if you know there has been some kind of dispute which we don't know but uh it it feels like something must have happened the assumption has to be that we're going to have to replace them somehow we can't rely on purely academy players right we're going to have to dip back into the transfer market because we do have a thin squad i think if you start to get rid of those players as well yeah, first of all, like you say, we don't know what's happening there. And individually, with all those players, it'd be really hard to speculate on that one. Uh, Carol, yeah, I think we do need another striker. Bazanis, no, I don't think we need to replace him. I think we got Academy goalie there. Um, 
Guinness Walker. I think we can find a replacement for that quite easily. I don't think he's that great. Tom Holmes, I think he's a player that needs to leave for his own career. Um, I wish Tom all the best and I hope he does well. I don't think he's a terrible player, but at the moment he's playing very badly for us. And I think he just needs to get away from Reading, which is uh, fair enough. But is it possible to bring in another centre-back, another striker? Yeah, I think we could do it. But I think we should also just put some respect on Bowen's name for what he's done in those ridiculously bad situations that he's been in. Embargo, out of embargo, in embargo, can't pay fees, can't pay wages, then can pay wages. That's really hard. And I don't think anyone's had a tougher summer when it comes it, to recruitment compared to... It Martin makes you think if we haven't had such a screwed-up pre-season that perhaps we might actually be on 12 points at the minute. Well, well 11, 11 wins. Sorry, win. not 12. Yeah. But last question we had on uh, on Twitter last night from Max is uh, we should discuss, debate, you know, talk about... How much Paul has missed Waitrose over the last six months? Paul, how fu how fun was it to go back to Waitrose yesterday after a win? It was a moment. It was a moment that I treasure. I tell my grandchildren and I will tell everyone in Reading about it. It was very, it was emotional. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good fun to do that. And that's why I do them. Everybody knows I started doing them in COVID. And it's just, so occasionally I will do them now because it's just some middle-aged bloke talking utter nonsense outside Waitrose, which is ridiculous. And it's a bit of fun and we all need that. But the thing is, I reckon we're going to have a lot of opportunities to do it this season because I think we're going to pick up some wins, lads. And I think the Reading FC mojo is back. And I think it's coming. It's coming. I can feel it in my bones. Touch wood, touch wood that we're going to pick up wins this season. I, I like, I don't, I can't be, can't be too ahead of myself, but I'm, I've really got my fingers crossed. If you've enjoyed today's episode, drop us five stars on iTunes, drop us a, a review on Spotify. Really appreciate them. And uh, yeah, if you're going to be watching the World Cup final this morning, fingers crossed for England. Come on, England. And we will talk to you all next week before the Exeter game with the preview coming up on Thursday afternoon. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Cheers.